Welcome to the Sports by Fry channel. My name is Fry and I am a boarding Australian sharing my thoughts on everything happening in sports. Today's episode solely focuses on round 12 of AFL action, of course, from a fantasy perspective. Uh, my team was pretty good. Actually, my team was better than pretty good. It was really good ranking-wise. My score looked pretty miserable, I thought, but yeah, apparently it was in the top 5,000 for the round, which doesn't sound like a hell of a lot, but it shot me up about 4,500 spots, which is huge because uh, my team's been pretty shitty to start uh, the AFL fantasy year, but... Things are looking up. I put a lot of preparation into my buys, put a lot of thought into what I'm going to do. Uh, i got a hell of a lot of money, so I can make some pretty good upgrades this week. But, yeah, there was a few few spanners thrown in the works for a lot of well-thought-out buy plans um, on Thursday night with team selection. Guys like Dusty, Cornelio, Laird, just to name a few, were uh, all absent from team sheets, so... I know a lot of people underachieved in round 12, and there's definitely some people sweating because round 13 uh, is home to a lot of popular teams and players. So fingers crossed your team's looking in good shape. So I'll show you just how my team is shaping up, talk a little bit about my trade thoughts, but of course wrap up everything that happened in round 12 of footy. So this week, the large fries and coke scored 17.78, which Sounds like such a shithouse number, especially considering I was just shy of 2,200 last week. But like I said, it ranked me inside the top. Oh, there you go. It was 4-3-2-1 for the round. That's pretty cool, actually. 4 3 2, um, And yeah, 15,700. Might not sound good, but God, I was a long way back. And I'm about half of that now. So hopefully, uh, by the end of the buys, I'll be inside the top 10 and pushing even the top 8, 7, something like that. Uh, my team, without further ado... Sorry, <laughs> I just realised that as I was about to reveal my team, uh, I'd already made my trades for the week. I rage traded pretty quickly as soon as lockout lifted, so this is how my team looked. Um, I've got over 470k in the bank, so a couple of big upgrades happening this week. Uh, my backline, with the exception of Miochich, Miochik, Mio something, uh, the Pies dude, um, they were all pretty good, 80s across the board, and even Lukey Ryan got to 107. I'm pretty sure he's topped 100 in four his last four games. Uh, I know he was in pretty good form in his last three that I talked about, and 107 definitely uh, increases those numbers, so pretty chuffed with that. Me midfield uh, was, again, pretty solid. I'm pretty getting pretty used to scores of around the 110, 115 mark, so um, obviously McRae and Mitchell can show the capacity to go big, big, but... You know, as long as my premiums are scoring 110, I've, I'm not really going to be disappointed. And it's good to see that Zach Merritt had a good week. Uh, he has someone that hasn't really fired for me. I had him at the start of the year, traded him out, got him back. But he's looking good now. Danger, I would love to see a big, big game from, but I'm not going to get greedy. He scored 100. If he gets 100 from me every week, I won't be mad. Um, Paula Hearn was a little bit disappointing, but... You know, what can you ask from a rookie? 50 is pretty solid. He went up in price, and he's definitely going to be a contributor for a few weeks. If not, maybe even the rest of the season. Uh, Maxi Gorn was my skipper. It's the first time, well, one of the first times this year that my skipper has really let me down. He only had 82. and was sitting on 60 at about half time, so that kind of sucked. But, you know, you live with the good and the bad. Source Jacobs is still just bleeding money. He's got to go. i Wish I could get rid of him this week, but I'll talk a little bit later on about why I can't or don't want to just yet. Um, and speaking of blokes who are bleeding money, Robbie Gray is definitely on the chopping block for me and should be for you. If he keeps playing this deep forward role, he's got to go. Anyway, 
the rest of my team was pretty solid. I had 21 playing, um, so I was able to lose a couple of uh, a couple of 50s and 60s from the the rabble. Oh, sorry, goals magic score, but yeah, 1778, pretty solid. Uh, like I said, it saw me shoot up quite a few thousand spots, so hopefully I can keep riding that momentum and uh, make another big leap in round 13. So the large fries and coke are sitting all right. Like I said before, hopefully you're not in a uh, world of pain as well. And fingers crossed team selections this week are a little bit friendlier to coaches around the world. Now, round 13 means that there's six teams on the bye this week. It's the first week that we've got six teams out of action. We've got the Lions, the Pies, the Bombers, the Giants, the Demons and the Roos. I didn't read that off the screen. I memorized that myself. So those six teams are out of action this week. So if you have one of those blue dots on your sheet or if you have those players in your team, or also if you have those guys in your trade targets, probably not a wise move. We should look at getting uh, players who are fresh off their buy. This one I can do off the top of my head. We've got the Dogs, the Eagles, the Hawks, and Carlton. So there's plenty of talent um, amongst those teams, not including Port Adelaide and Gold Coast who've already had their buy. So there's definitely some viable trade targets this week. But those other six teams I mentioned, um, make sure that you, A, aren't probably trading in players of that team because it's, I can see the appeal in maybe doing it, but it's just wiser to not do that, you know, in a couple of weeks, um, 10 days from now when the teams come out for round 14 and you don't really want to, you know, shoot yourself in the foot by trading in someone you think is going to be good. But um, anyway, try to avoid trading in them and look at, yeah, the other teams that I've mentioned, try bringing in some of those dudes. Time for some positives, plus threes. Uh, Friday Night Footy got off to a bang. Ollie Wines was one of the top scorers, probably was the top scorer in that match. His career high at 138 was pretty awesome. Um, what made it even more awesome was the fact that he was on nine at quarter time. So he scored nearly 130 points in three quarters, which uh, definitely deserves him an honourable mention and a pat on the back. Well done, Big Ollie. Josh Kelly's 166 was the highest score of the round, and finally we were able to see uh, the Josh Kelly that we thought we would be seeing in 2018. He looks like he's got half of the year. I'm really interested to see how he plays with Cornelio, but Kelly does have a higher ceiling than Cornelio, and I think he's the pick of the duo if you're tossing up between those two. But, yeah, keep an eye on him because he will be one of the premier midfielders if he can continue these numbers. The aforementioned Zachy Merritt gets the final plus three. There were plenty of candidates. Honourable mention goes out to Gaz, who was going to fill in this spot. But Zach Merritt's starting to look like the fantasy uh, piglet that we thought he was and could potentially become a pig if he keeps up these numbers. He had a season high. It was only a high 120 score, but still, it's better to see than a 60 or a, God forbid, 23 that we saw early in the year. Negative threes, Robbie Gray gets the first one. 66 is not good enough, especially for someone who we thought was a surefire top six forward and in the eyes of many, the top forward. Uh, if he keeps playing up forward full-time, he's got to go, period, end of story. A lot of people are playing the waiting game. He'll be better next week. He'll be better next week. Well, a lot of people played that game with Jack Billings and that didn't really work out, so I'm not going to get stung twice. Sorry, uh, Robbie, you're definitely on the chopping block for me. Secondly, Dane Beans, uh, he'd, he'd had an amazing three or four weeks leading into this match and God, I feel really sorry for all the people that traded him in. He dished up a measly 50 and for some people, I saw it on Twitter, they were asking uh, if his captain score counts. So if he had the captain on Beans, uh, a moment of silence for those coaches. No, seriously, a moment of silence.
And finally, the last negative three goes out to none other than the dud Angus Brayshaw. Stupidly, I got up in the middle of the night to watch this match, and I didn't really see much of Brayshaw until late in the game, so that tells you all you need to know about his 47. Not good enough. He'll be better than that, but I don't think we'll be seeing these 160s and 130s too frequently. I think he'll get back to normality and be scoring in the 90s. Some noteworthy numbers. Jackie McRae has an enormous break-even this round of about 161, so if you're looking at trading him in this week, probably avoid, because I doubt, well, I hope he goes 161, but all signs point to him scoring less than that. Maybe around a 110 mark, we'll see him jump quite a bit down in price, and then he'll be right for the picking. Other big-name dudes like Brody Grundy, Cripper, uh, Maxi Gorn and obviously Robbie Gray as well all have break-evens over 130 so they're dudes who you know especially if you're looking at getting Grundy off his buy maybe wait another week if you can um, personally I won't be because I'll be trading Sauce probably to Steph but yeah those are the guys who own the highest break-evens when it comes to the lowest break-evens St Kilda obviously dominates uh, this category Logan Austin continues to defy logic and he's got a break-even of negative 16 uh, Don's defender Mason Redmond had an awesome, I think it was his debut, I know it was his first game of the year, but he had a 90 and his break even as a result is in the negatives, so he's got the buy this week, but next week will be a fantastic trade target. Other dudes like Bailey Rice and Josh Battle, another Saints player, are good targets based on their break even, really, really low, and Stefan Giro from the Dockers has a break even of zero, so he's bound to make you some money if you need uh to plug a hole in the midfield. Just quickly, it is worth mentioning that Gary Ablett and Andrew Gaff have the highest form over the last three weeks, uh, with the exception of anyone named Jack McRae and Tom Mitchell. So the two of them average over 120. That's Ablett and Gaff I'm talking about. So especially Gaffy, he's a fantastic looking, unique, and he's definitely on my radar. He's someone that you'd need to keep your eye on. In the other lines, Luke Ryan, I mean, there's a lot of popular defenders that are having a break this week. So if you want someone who's averaging over 100 in their last three, Luke Ryan's your dude. Toby McLean's the must-have in the forwards. And Jared Witts is a pretty unique option that ticks all the boxes in the ruck department. Quick fire trade thoughts. They are going to be quick, I promise. Now, I've talked a little bit about the teams that have the buy, um, that are coming off the buy, sorry, and some trade targets you could look for. McRae and Mitchell are going to be two of the most popular Targets, as I've already addressed though, maybe wait a little bit on McRae. Tom Mitchell should be the most traded in player this week for those who don't have him. He's probably as low as he's going to get. He's look ready to go. He's got a low-ish break even from memory, so sign him up. Couple of defenders, Elliot Yo and Kate Simpson are definitely viable options. Um, between the two, I honestly think it's almost flip a coin time. Kate Simpson's got a smoother run, but Yoey's probably got a higher ceiling, so pick your poison there. Yoey's DPP probably gets him over the line, and the fact that he's a bit youthful um, as well. Also, Toby McLean, up forward, he is probably going to be, well, he stands out as a top two forward right up there with Devin Smith in my eyes, so I've got McLean and I'm very happy to have him. If you don't, get him in your side. Now, the three Saints that I've already talked about, are Austin, Rice, and Battle, are all good downgrade targets. Ed Phillips has gone up quite a bit in price, so... You might not be able to snare him, but all those uh, St. Kilda guys still find a way to score and can definitely generate you a little bit more cash. Same can be said about Stefan Giro, who I spoke about, who has a break-even of naught. And there are a few other options, but team selection will probably uh, dictate that. The Scotty Jones, the Frio Ruckman, and there's rumours that I think it's Ryan Abbott from Geelong is going to make his debut, so 
Watch this space. If one of them gets picked up, then they could be a downgrade target for McInerney to make you some money. Speaking of McInerney himself, Charlie Spargo and Zach Giles Langdon, the three rookies who all have their buy this week that could be um, dealt for future trading plans. Spargo probably isn't hasn't topped out in price, but the other two, McInerney and Giles Langdon, have. So you could trade them out, get turn them into a downgrade, one of them into an upgrade, whatever uh, whatever works and works for your team. And the only other two dudes, really premium-wise, that I've got on my trade-out radar at the moment are Gray and Source. Of course, there's a few dudes failing as premiums, but I think throughout the buys, everyone is a little bit more lenient. So, you know, hold on to your premiums. Obviously, if they're doing as shit as Gray and Jacobs, uh, like Billings is a great example. You could trade him. I traded him out when he, his price decrease was really plummeting. Um, before it was too late. So I think that's where Source and Robbie Gray are. Source Jacobs is probably going to dip under 500 grand this week, so uh, next week. So, yeah, God, try and turn them into something before it's too late if you can. Looking ahead to next week, uh, fingers crossed that Dusty and Laird can get up. Canelio will have the week off um, because of the bye. There's a lot of giants who are a bit sore, Sheil, Whitfield as well, so they'll all enjoy putting their feet up for a week. Uh, Devin Smith finished the game with uh, ice on his calf, sending Twitter and a lot of fantasy coaches into uh, panic mode. But all signs point to him being okay after the bye. He'll just need a little bit of rest. So fingers crossed he uh, hasn't done anything damaging. Alex Pierce is a popular owned, uh, I don't really call him a cash cow, but heartbeat in your defense. He busted his thumb. He's out for a lengthy period of time, I think around a month from memory. So he's probably a trade out, especially with his buy coming up. And Dyson Heppel is another one who, much like uh, the other Giants boys, will benefit from a, a week off of rest after he got whacked by Luke Hodge. If you haven't uh, seen the video, do yourself a favour. Go into Sports by Fry on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook and watch that video. It's pretty brutal. That being said, that brutal hit from Hodgie uh, was cleared. He was cleared of any wrongdoing by the MRP. So if you are one of the seven people who have Luke Hodge in your fantasy side, then he's safe to play. Uh, someone who's not safe to play is Michael Walters after his inexcusable, weird uh, brain fart where he punched Jake Kelly for no real reason. I don't, I don't really understand it. I don't think many people do, but he's been handed a week. I think he's going to take his week, and then obviously he's got the buy next week. So someone I'm looking at trading in uh, to my team around 15, but if he was in your trade plans, I'd hold on that. Finally, my moves. Now, I'm in a bit of all sorts this week. I've said to myself I'm getting Ed Kerno, but... After watching the way that Josh Kelly played, I'm maybe reserving my last midfield spot for him. Um, I think I have to trade out Robbie Gray this week. He's just losing me too much money, especially if I'm planning on going source to step next week. I'll need a lot of money and I can turn Gray into something, whereas next week I might not be able to. Um, and then I'll look at downgrading McInerney or Giles Langdon to one of those basement um, Rucks or Scotty Jones or maybe and then Langdon maybe down to Charlie Ballard. I don't mind the looks of him. Those are my moves ish this week. Uh, Yo and Simpson are also on the radar um, for due day probably. Um, even though he might be able to play another week until he's by, I think it's time to make turn him into something pretty dope. <sighs> That's it. Round 12's done. God, these buys are tiring and time consuming, but. The amount of effort and time that you put in will show, hopefully, um, you emerge from the buyers with a better team than you entered the buyers with. Uh, make sure you stay tuned to Sports by Fry for a lot more articles um, and bits and pieces. I'm going to try and do a World Cup preview. I'll definitely be doing a World Cup preview article 
I'm going to try and do a video or pod of some sorts uh, in the next few days before action kicks off on Thursday. Um, and then NBA Draft is only about 10 days away, so I'm going to release my mock this week. And then next week, I'm going to do a NBA mock, which will be predicting what I think will happen, and an NBA mock probably encompass the two on what I would do if I was drafting from that position. So lots of work to be done, so I'm going to stop talking, edit this video, get it out to the fantasy world, and then start writing some more articles. Good luck in round 13. Until next time, peace.